I'm Michael Malley, and this is The Mindful Storyteller, where the subject always is stories. Storytelling, story reading, story listening, mindfulness, and the creation of the story space. Once again to the Mindful Storyteller and I am Michael R. Malley and I'm Ollie Wren Erickson Malley and today we're going to be sharing um, talking a little bit about not just storytelling but story listening and bringing mindfulness to our listening um, and as per always we'll have the Tibetan singing bowl uh, so whenever you hear the sound of the the singing bowl or singing bell that's an invitation to return to your breathing to return to mindfulness to return to this present moment and we'll talk a little bit about presence here today uh we'll begin with a quote by joe uh, a quote we'll begin with a quote by chogyam trungpa that that ollie will share and then i'll have the reading and we'll have our discussion and and then some uh, follow-up suggestions here's the bell enjoy It isn't necessary to continually blurt out everything that's on your mind. You can say what you have to say gently, and then you can stop. You can let someone else talk, or you can appreciate the silence. Chogyam Trungpa Shambhala, The Sacred Path of the Warrior, page 122. Storytelling, without story listening, is meaningless. Athletes and artists hone their talents through steadfast action, the application of new techniques, repeated exercise, etc. This is also the work of scientists, math students, novelists, and computer programmers. Discipline, diligence, stick to oftentimes spiced with creative flashes, resulting in growth, learning, and ascending to higher levels of competency. Here, we must defy convention and see the art of listening as a learned competency, as a skill that can be improved, polished, matured. If you are listening the same way you listened 10 or 20 years ago, it may be time for growth. But how do we apply discipline, diligence, and perseverance to the art of listening? We must train ourselves to listen mindfully. We can develop awareness of when, as listeners, our minds float away, 
and how we can use those floataways as triggers to invite ourselves to refocus as listeners. Just as a mindfulness practitioner might enter into training in mindful breathing, learning how to follow the in-breath and the out-breath, the in-breath and the out-breath, so we can enter into mindfulness training for right listening. We can begin to gently test ourselves. Can I listen steadily for two minutes? For three minutes? Can I offer focused, present listening for five minutes? How about 16 or 17 minutes? We can begin to ask ourselves, when another person is sharing their stories, what kind of listening am I providing? When the other person speaks and shares their stories or their perspectives, do you truly listen or do you begin to formulate your responses to them even as they continue to speak? Do I feign listening as I begin to compose my responses? One Tibetan teacher says, It isn't necessary to continually blurt out everything that is on your mind. You can say what you have to say, gently, and then you can stop. You can let someone else talk, or you can appreciate the silence. Part of mindful listening is allowing for silence after people share their stories. We may or may not choose to respond with some thoughts or a story of our own, but allowing our words to slow down and learning to regain comfort with silence is the mindful work of enhancing the storytelling space. So that was a good one, <laughs> Michael. That's a good. Occasionally, that's I, a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, well, it just it was so funny. So I'm listening to it, and I'm listening to you say. Do you say that um, that like as a person is talking, are we formulating our response? Well, I was formulating my response then to oh, there <laughs> to, to this right right there. And I was like, okay, stop, <laughs> stop. Because I think there's so much I could say to this. I think you can too. I think both of us have felt so much. Um, Sometimes when we overtalk, we overshare mm. and don't allow others to share. Uh, I mean, I I've felt that so many times in my life <laughs> that I I come out of a situation where I'm with someone. Oh yeah. And I I just I didn't hear anything about what was happening with them. I just shared what was happening with me. Mm-hmm. Or I have you know so many different things you know we have kids of multiple ages and other things have happened in our life that I feel like I can put in two cents all over the place and why did I need to right, right. Um, so there's that but the I think the thing I'm gonna share here is um, something that has been um, real important to me with listening is that um, Listening to to your mom share stories. Mm-hmm. My mom, and who's eighty nine years mom's old. Mom's eighty nine. So when I met her, she was sixty three. I was twenty four. Wow. And um, and we have a great great relationship now. But when we first met, we're very very different people. And I used to try to convince her, try to change her mind on things because we think very differently about life. Sure. 
and I spent a lot of time trying to convince her and to change her mind about, I don't know, <laughs> on different topics. And, and at some point in the last 15 years, I've known her for 25 years, I was like, you know what? I don't need to convince Michael's mom of anything. Mm. I need to sit and listen to her. I need to learn from her and listen to what she has to share about her life. She's a lot older than me. She knows a lot, even though we think differently. She has a lot of stories. She has a, and she has a lot of stories. And once I stopped thinking that I needed to change her mind, that I could just learn from her and listen to her stories, mm. that has made a big difference, I think, in how she and I relate to each other and how enjoyable it is to go up there mm -hmm. and to be with her. Um, and and I really do, I love hearing her stories about growing up. And they certainly have affected me greatly. Um, I mean, she talks a lot of stories about your grandma, who I never met. Right, but my grandma I, from Slovakia. Yeah. Was born in the 1800s. Yeah. yeah. And I feel so connected to her. Right, right, right. Through through those stories and feel like I know her, and yes, nice. Yeah, well, yeah, I I think uh, what was uh, episode six when I mentioned uh, Grandma's Slovak village, and this is the grandma that you're you're hearing. So you can hear more about Grandma back there. But um, yeah, it's interesting as you're as you're sharing this, Ollie, because um, you know we've talked about this before. How it's just good to listen and and you know not to try to necessarily change people but to just be open to them but what I'm thinking about connecting it with it with today's uh, you know piece that I wrote up and with a quote from Chogyam Trungpa is that your listening probably holds a different presence if we look at your listening today when you're with my mom versus when you first met her that you were probably so much of the time when she was speaking, you were formulating those responses mm -hmm. right away. And not that we don't all do that, you know, at varying degrees, but, but to try to just kind of grow in our awareness and limit that, um, and, and, and so that that doesn't overwhelm, and so that we can become uh, better listeners. Uh, one of the things that I found myself thinking about with, with, uh, with today's uh, reading was we've been involved, and I know we've mentioned this on another um, um, another podcast before. We, we might have mentioned it on uh, episode three with the Scottish Storytellers House and creating the space for storytelling. Is that um, we've been involved in this community group, this intentional community group for how long? Twenty. Four years. Twenty-four years. Yeah. Okay. And 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 so in this group, we go around the circle and we each share, and we occasionally there's a little bit of crosstalk, but pretty much we share without interruption. And, and we have some guidelines of try to you know try to make it about you know four or five minutes. Sometimes people go over. Sometimes they're sharing something that's really deep and important. Sometimes it's just some little funny anecdote of what had happened at work. Well, if you're together in a room with 12 people and everybody shares for four minutes that's 44 minutes of listening and four minutes of sharing and I, I I'm not necessarily a great listener today but my gosh after doing this for 20 some years I'm definitely a better listener and I think that's one of the things I want to communicate here is 
sometimes we feel like these things, oh, I'm just, I'm not good at that. Or, you know, oh yeah, he's a great listener, she's a wonderful listener, or, you know, this person's a distracted person. We have, we have agency. We can choose, and I think mindfulness is a great practice with this, we can choose to kind of bring our awareness to our listening. And, 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 and we can change as listeners. And, and, and again, this is the flip side. You know, so much of the time we're talking about family stories or folk tales or whatever. But listening is the other side of the storytelling dynamic, right? Yeah. Right. And, I, and, I, and I sometimes, you know, I think we share a lot because the other person maybe is shy or doesn't, mm. doesn't share so much. But you know what I've found out what one of the things that I've been hanging out with uh, some older people besides your mom uh, and one older woman in particular who it's taken me a while like to get her stories out one at, at first I didn't even know I like maybe she didn't remember all her stories she's older mm-hmm. but you know what it was that she just needed to know that I wanted to listen oh my goodness and uh, I so now I go and I visit her, and it's such a blessing. She's you know she she's actually the same age as your mom. She's eighty nine. I go right. visit her a couple times a week, and I and she knows now after this has been over a year of me visiting her, although it's been months that she's she's been sharing with me deeply, but um, that she, I think that's just what she wanted to know that Ooh. I really wanted to hear her stories. Like she she wasn't really ready to share and I do I appreciate her story so much she grew up in the Great Depression she has a totally different perspective on life than I could I could have I, I learned something about her last week that she she at age 20 um, went and sit, spent six months um, uh, thinking about being a nun and went to the oh, I guess wow. the nunnery <laughs> it was wearing a habit and I, I hadn't heard that about her before and how, how you know that affected her whole life right. and um, and just it is just such a blessing, and I, I go. She lives in a um, a place with a lot of older people, kind of a um, assistant living kind of place. And I see a lot of the older people sitting there, and I know they're full of stories. Mm. And and there's full there's so much wisdom. And I know I can only listen to this one. I have enough time to be there and to listen to this one person. But right. There's so much there if we just slow down and take right. the time to listen to people. I think we can get them to share yeah, a lot of and times. S- slow down and appreciate, right? I'm mm-hmm. remembering, I, gosh, I haven't thought of this, uh, and I don't remember where the quote's from. I haven't thought of this for years, Ollie. But there's a, um, there's a quote I once heard, every person is a library. Mm-hmm. Every person. They have so many different books mm-hmm. that may or may not you know, be pulled down from the shelf. And, and just that, that sense of having appreciation and gratitude for the other. And I'm thinking of this not just with elders. I mean, um, you know, how often do we do this with our kids or with our grandchildren, even little ones, you know, our, our five-year-old granddaughter who just wants to tell <laughs> us stories. Mm-hmm. And, and when you create the space for that, what happens? Or, you know, we have, um, we have three nephews, three uh, guys who happen to be African American guys in their in their twenties, and when we take the time and listen, mm-hmm. how they love and want to share their views, their perspective, their thoughts, their hopes, their fears, their ideas, and and their mm-hmm. stories, right? So mm-hmm. so if we can create those spaces and uh, and have the listening, 
Yeah. And, and, and again, mindfulness, um, to, take the, to take the lessons and teachings of mindfulness and apply them here, I think, is uh, um, it's a great use of that art and skill. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll have the bell, and Ali will have some closing thoughts. And we thank you all for listening. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and invite you to create that space for yourselves and the people in your lives. We are built to be storytellers. We are also innately wired to be story listeners. Just as we can improve our storytelling skills, we can heighten our presence and awareness as story listeners. It's a choice. This work requires an effort. It requires mindfulness. Begin to pay attention to your listening. If you keep a journal at the end of the day, you may want to give written feedback to yourself, just a sentence or two, on your listening for the day. Where was my listening really focused? When today was I at my best as a story listener? When was I an especially scattered and unfocused listener? When did I fail to listen? If you do this daily or even once every few days, you will begin to see where and when you're strongly present as a listener, as well as learn when your story listening is not at its best. Through mindfulness, you will slowly begin to become a better, more attentive, more mindful listener. What an incredible gift to give your coworkers, neighbors, and most especially to those you love. An amazing gift. The gift of your true listening. The gift of your genuine presence. I'm Michael Malley, and you've been listening to The Mindful Storyteller.